haven't done one of these in a while and not getting a very good response. Maybe I need to be doing them more often. Just in case you don't know what I'm doing, I'm doing my smile check. Uh-huh. Most of you got one in there somewhere. We're glad you're here today. And ask that you would open God's words to the book of Acts, chapter 8. That last song, I'd rather have Jesus. I'd rather have Jesus than men's applause. I'd rather be faithful to his dear cause. I'd rather have Jesus than worldwide fame. I'd rather be true to his holy name. Today we're going to look at a fellow, Simon, who would rather have had all those other things than Jesus. He didn't want Jesus. He wanted the riches. He wanted the fame. He wanted the attention to be on him. So much so that he let the people talk about him as though he was the Messiah. He let them talk about him as though he were a god. We're going to take a look today and see where it got him. Last week, we looked in in Acts chapter 8, we looked in verses uh, 5 through 8. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and began began proclaiming Christ to them. We, We said how odd that was because Samaria and Samaritans hated the Jews. The Samaritans were basically the northern ten tribes that had been carried off into into uh, captivity by the Assyrians in 722 B.C. And the Assyrians had flooded their land back with Gentiles and people from other lands. That's how they would, you know, you divide and conquer. That's how you dilute the population. You're, you, you dilute the, the heritage there. And that's what the Assyrians did to them. And, and they became a bunch of half-breeds. Now, in those northern ten tribes, there were still Jews that were true Jews that stayed faithful and didn't intermarry with those that were put in there. But yet the problem came because the Hebrew Jews in Jerusalem and Judah in the south didn't see the Samaritans as, as Jews. And the, we talked about the Jews not, or the, excuse me, the Samaritans not, not worshiping in Jerusalem, but they set up on Mount Gerizim, they set up their own their own temple. They set up their own worship. They had their own priests. So this animosity was great between them. And, and so we say, well, why did Philip go to Samaria? How, how, how did they not stone him? How did they not hate him? And we talked about Jesus ministering in Samaria when he was fulfilling his earthly ministry. How he shared and talked to the Samaritan woman at the well and told her all about her, and she acknowledged and realized that, that he must have been a prophet. He was someone special. Then we have the story of the ten lepers. That, that setting was in Samaria. We have the, the parable of, um, yeah, we have the parable of the Good Samaritan and how Jesus in his sharing the, the parables and telling the stories that had strong spiritual meanings to him made a Samaritan the hero of that parable. Why in the world would he do that? To set it up so that Philip would be accepted there. And he, 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 he was, we talked about Philip being a Hellenistic Jew as well. 
Philip had been one that had been carried off into captivity and had, had come back. He was one of the, the deacons that was set up to serve the tables in Acts chapter 6. This Philip was not one, the Philip the apostle, he was Philip the deacon. So we see in, in verse 6, the multitudes with one accord giving attention to what was said by Philip, and they heard and saw the signs which he was performing. For in the case of many who had unclean spirits, they were coming out of them shouting with a loud voice, and many who had been paralyzed and lame were healed, and there was much rejoicing in the city. And we talk, we know that the, the, the term for the unclean spirits here, it was not Satan, but it, the, the term is daimonia, referring specifically to demons. And these demons had physical effects on people's body. When the demons were cast out, the, the, the paralysis and the lameness would go away. And so there was great rejoicing for good reason. There was great rejoicing in the people of Samaria. They were hearing the truth. Verse 8, there was much rejoicing in that city. I'm not making that up. It's right there. Verse 9 is where we're picking up today. Now there was a certain man named Simon who formerly was practicing magic in the city and astonishing the people of Samaria claiming to be someone great. And they all, from smallest to greatest, were giving attention to him, saying, This man is what is called the great power of God. And they were giving him attention because he had for a long time astonished them with his magic arts. Is it any wonder why the people in Samaria were demon-possessed? The one that they were acknowledging in God and thought he was the great one that had great power, and could do great tricks and even healed people. But it was not in the power of the Holy Spirit. It was in the power of the unholy spirit. It was in the power of Satan. And he did this in Satan's name. That's a problem. That's a problem. Verse 12. But when they believed Philip preaching the good news about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were being baptized, men and women alike. Now just a quick footnote before we start going into that a little bit more. If you look back at verse 3, Saul, Saul was not a respecter of persons. He, in, in his persecution of the church, he respected the women just as much as he did men. He was just as happy to persecute the women and throw them in, in jail as he was the men. And here we see in verse 12 that the those that were being baptized were men and women alike. This is a little bit of a shift, a little bit of a change in the Jewish culture. Because to, to be a true Jew, you had to be circumcised, and that was something that was quite obviously male-specific. And this is God opening up, Christ opening it up to so that women understand too that they are welcomed into the family of God that they are welcome to be a part uh, of the fellowship and to be a part of the spiritual worship of the church, that they, they aren't to be in the background anymore. So the, the, the men and the women were being baptized. Back to the beginning of verse 12. They believed Philip preaching the good news about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ. 
Now, now this should kind of bring up some memories a little bit of just a few chapters back. When you have the, the Sanhedrin, the, the, the council of the 70, and, and Peter and John are preaching, they heal the layman on the way into the temple, and then they're preaching Jesus and the Sanhedrin come, Who, whose name did you do that in? And Peter proclaims, Jesus Christ did this. It was not us. It was not in our power, but in the name of Jesus Christ, this man was healed. And what what are our two phrases about what Christ did? Christ was the fulfillment of the law, and Christ was the fulfillment of the temple. And the Sanhedrin said, oh no, if you're going to focus on Jesus Christ and say that he fulfilled the temple and he fulfilled the law, we're going to lose business. We're not going to hold sway. We're not going to control the religion of our people anymore if they start following this Jesus. So what happens here when Philip's preaching Jesus in Samaria? They believe Philip preaching the good news about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ. Philip says, "Uh uh-oh, I don't have their attention anymore. For years, I've been the main guy in town. I've been the one doing the magic. I've been the one doing all the good stuff. I've been the one that the people have been coming to. But now, the light has shone into the darkness. The truth is revealed, and people are leaving. Philip's following. He doesn't have so many people looking after him, wanting to follow him. They're following the truth. They're following Jesus Christ, and they're being baptized. So, if you can't lick them, join them, right? Verse 13. Even Simon himself believed, and after being baptized, he continued on with Philip, and as he observed the signs and the great miracles take place, he was constantly amazed, and his envy grew. No, it doesn't say that there. That's just my add-on on the end, but it's, it's quite obvious in the way that he behaves in the next several verses. It says Simon himself believed he... He didn't believe God. He believed in their miracles. He believed in what they were doing. He believed that people weren't paying attention to him anymore and they were beginning to follow the teaching of this guy named Philip. And Philip was not teaching and preaching about Philip. Philip was teaching and preaching about Jesus Christ. Simon says, this guy's getting the attention away from me. i got to see what he's got going on. So... I I know that that nobody in the church in America does this today, but for some reason Simon did it. He he did what he thought he needed to do, and he said the stuff that was the right stuff to say so that he looked good, and he he looked all right. I'm I'm just really glad that, that nobody in the church in America today would ever even think of doing anything like that. He believed in their miracles, not in their God. I don't want to jump ahead of myself here. I'm trying to slow slow me down. (laughs) He did, and he said all the right stuff. Let's move on. Hmm. Verses 14 through 17. Now when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. 
For he had not yet fallen upon any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they began laying their hands on them, and they were receiving the Holy Spirit. I'm only reading that today for context. We're not going to address that today. Those, those few verses get their whole own, own Sunday and sermon next Sunday. So come back to hear what, 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 what's the, what that's about, because there's some things in there that just don't quite sound right. Just, just a little different from, from what we think or believe. We'll, we'll tear, we'll peel the onions back on those and layer by layer next week on that, okay? But I wanted, I wanted to include, and so you can see verse 17. They began laying their hands on them and they were receiving the Holy Spirit. Back to Simon. Okay, that's just a little interlude there, minus Simon. Um, but verse 18, we pick Simon up again. Now when Simon saw that the Spirit was bestowed through the laying on of hands, he offered them money, saying, Give this authority to me as well, so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit, and I might become richer. Oh, he wasn't quite that bold with it, but, but that's what he was saying. He said, if this is something I can buy, if this is something I can make an investment in, I can get my money back. I'll be able to lay hands on people. They'll get this power and then they'll pay me for it. Because as we know, Philip was all about Philip. He was not about, excuse me, Simon. I said Philip, didn't I? Sorry. Simon was all about Simon. Sometimes I get going in my mind and it just, Simon was all about Simon, okay? He was not about God. He was not about the true God. He was not about truth at all because he was of his father, the devil. He was of Diabolos. He he was not about truth. Simon saw that the Spirit was bestowed. He wanted what they had. And, And he figured, well, if I give them money, maybe they'll give it to me. And, and then I can turn around and make some money. He said, and, and, and what's interesting here? Simon never asked them to lay their hands on him that he might get the Holy Spirit. He never asked Philip, or excuse me, Peter and John, he never asked them to lay their hands on him that he might receive the Holy Spirit. Okay, again, it wasn't about submitting to God. It wasn't about coming under the authority of the Holy Spirit. It was just about what do I need to do to get this power so I can look good, so I can get some of that attention back from Philip, and people start worshiping me again instead of whoever he's talking about here, this Jesus Messiah guy, whoever he was. Give this authority to me so that everyone whom I I lay my hands on may receive the Holy Spirit. Peter, being the shy, tactful man that he is, says, May your silver perish with you, because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. You have no part or portion in this manner, for your heart is not right before God. Therefore, repent of this wickedness of yours, and pray that, if possible, the intention of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are in the gall of bitterness. You are in the bondage of iniquity. Simon was odious to God. 
Simon Stank. Stunk? What's the right grammar here? Help me out, teacher. Stink, stank, stunk. He, wa he, wa he wasn't smelling pretty anyhow. He was in the bondage of iniquity. He was in line for judgment. He was bound to judgment. As all, as all are that are sinners that do not accept salvation through Jesus Christ. He was bound for judgment. Peter very, very clearly calls him out. Your heart is not right before God. Listen, listen to what Simon did. He listened to the word. He, to some degree, believed it. Believed in what it was doing. He, he, he wanted what it was. He, he professed to be a believer because Philip baptized him. If he hadn't have professed faith in Christ, Peter, um, Philip wouldn't have baptized him. And then he wanted to hang around with him. See, we can, we can look like we're interested. We can play the part. We can even be baptized. We can hang around people that don't stink as bad as we do, that smell a little better. Doesn't mean that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. It doesn't mean that you're going to go to heaven. Psalm 66, 18 says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, can somebody finish that for me? Because I've just lost my mind. If I regard iniquity in my heart, you will not hear me. We cannot continue to live in sin, even though we may look the part, we may say the part, we may smell the part. We cannot continue in sin and expect Jesus to let us into his kingdom. We are damned to spend an eternity in hell because of our sin. We deserve it. We cannot continue in it and expect God to let us into his holy heaven. He was in the gall of bitterness. He, he, he was not anything that, that God would want any, have anything to do with because it was all about him and it was all about the money. Money's not evil, okay? It's the love of money that is evil. It is our hearts that are evil that want what we want, that want to, want to keep it and hang on to it for ourselves and not acknowledge that everything that we have comes from God. Verse 24, Simon answered and said, Pray to the Lord for me yourselves that so that nothing that you have said may come upon me. He wouldn't even go to God himself and ask for forgiveness. And, and, and it doesn't seem like he was really even worried about the forgiveness. He was just worried about the judgment and the damnation that was going to come upon him. So he said, hey, you guys, pray, pray that, that that judgment, pray to your God that that judgment won't come upon me. Because he wouldn't even humble himself and get on his knees and in Psalm 51 have the broken and contrite spirit. 
His heart was not broken. His heart was not where it needed to be to line up in the right relationship with God. Later, later in the same chapter, as, as Philip is, is talking with the, with the Ethiopian treasure, in verse 37, Philip says, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered, I said that I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Philip, the key there is he said, with all of your heart. Simon believed a little bit. He believed kind of. But he did not believe with all of his heart because he still wanted to make it about him. He did not want to make it about Jesus Christ. Turn with me to John chapter 4. Last week we spent some time here looking at the, the conversation with Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the well. John chapter 4, let's start in verse 19. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain. You people say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me. An hour is coming when neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem shall you worship the Father You worship that which you do not know. We worship that which we know. For salvation is from the Jews. But an hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people the Father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. When that one comes, he will declare all things to us. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. We must worship him in spirit and in truth. Simon wanted to worship in the name of Simon. Simon wanted to make money off of this gift. They were doing magic tricks that he couldn't do, or so he thought they were magic. They were far from magic because magic is what's controlled by Satan and in his, his realm. That's why magic's nothing to mess with. We need to worship in spirit and in truth. And that truth is what Peter, or excuse me, what Simon couldn't bring himself to worship him. Philip preaches, believe with all of your heart. Jesus said, you must worship me in spirit and in truth. Verse 21, you have no part or portion in this matter, for your heart is not right before God. Is your heart right before God today? You can play the part. You can say the right things. You can wear the right things. You can do the right things. You can say. You can smell the right way. 
Or does your heart write with God? If it's not, you've been warned. Get it right with God. Now, does that mean that we're perfect? No. Those of us that know and love the Lord and have a good relationship with the Lord, we still choose to take God off the throne sometimes and put ourselves up there. and We still sin. There's none of us that's perfect. We will be someday when, when Christ returns for us. Always think of David and Saul and the difference. Saul sinned, but he didn't repent. He didn't come back to the Lord. David sinned mightily. He committed murder. He committed adultery. And many other sins, probably many of the ones we commit. But the difference was is that he repented of his sin. He sought to make his heart right with God. Father, we come before you. Break our hearts, Lord. For many of us, for too long, we've been playing church. We think we look right, act right, sound right, smell right, but that's in our eyes. Father, it's my prayer for each one in here today, and those that aren't here, that are usually a part of our number, that they would get right with you, Father. that we would seek your face and that our heart would be right before God. Father, help us to take time to think and contemplate, to, to pray, to meditate on your word, the whole word. Help us to hide your words in our heart, Father, that we might be ready to, to fight Satan when he comes in the power of the Holy Spirit and in your name and in your word, not, not in our own power, Father, because we would certainly lose that fight. As we recall in Deuteronomy that, that we need to leave our fights with you because you will fight them for us. Father, just like your people in Israel in the, in the Old Testament and New Testament times, your blessing was on them when they obeyed, and you removed your blessing when they turned from you. Father, help us to turn toward you, that we might know and have the power of the Holy Spirit in us, that we don't hinder it. Thank you for this day, Father, and I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.